So one of the questions that were being proposed the other week, uh, which I think is of general ongoing significance, is about, um, well, say discipline maybe. This person talks about having the time to go on and have a self-retreat for five or six days, one person. And this person, she thinks, we well, yeah, the trouble is I spend a lot of time just sort of spacing out, you know, looking at mindless entertainment. <laughs> Can't seem to actually get the discipline together and uh, realise it's a very precious occasion. But where I'm practising in my condo, I have a snack and watch something and do this, that, and the other. It's my workplace. It doesn't. I don't really get that settledness. Uh, when I was with a one of these Ajans on a virtual retreat, yeah, that that I got it. It held me together. But without that, I feel I don't know if I can really, <laughs> you know, handle that. And somebody else mentions how do I get my spiritual practice? Seems to have gone flat. How do I get it going? Mm. And. Uh, you know, this is a, <laughs> you know, it's a, this, the problem with, you know, though, so with, with living in a world which is uh, very much hooked up to a series of energies and motivations and Things, occupations that really are kind of to do with fairly automatic you know there's a job uh, which is this hour to that hour so many days a week um, it's it's set uh, and uh, there's certain we're hooked up to systems which operate at a particular speed and in a you know um, they're not they don't fluctuate, they just keep moving. And the idea is to go as quickly as possible for efficiency. Um, so in this way, this captures our, our energies, are corralled into a particular, you know, conventional structure, which is, uh, you know, get up, get on, do the thing. Uh, and there's a high degree of activation and so that when that finishes, you just, uh, so you don't want to put much effort into anything because you've been putting effort into things. So it's just easy stimulation is what a person goes to, just kind of watching the football results, news, Netflix, and sit there and just kind of spacing out something you feel is it's not quite right, but you can't get the energy together to, you know, and... Uh, switch it off, feel restless and bored. Because the receptivity of the mind also gets dulled by um, the overload or the excessive stimulation. If you're in a city, then you've got all kinds of buzzers and signals and you know telecommunication, things rapidly firing, people conversing. Uh, so you're, you're, you're into a, a highly charged situation say compared with living in a forest highly charged fast moving 
and uh, asks you to, to engage with it quite, quite vigorously to handle it. This blunts your receptivity. You can't be open and listen because your, your mind is half numb with the, the activities that have been going on. So then the mind usually swings to just easy, you know, rather needs quite a need constant stimulation. Otherwise, we just feel very, very disoriented. So it's important to understand what you're dealing with. Yeah, um, it's not a person. Though we can take everything that occurs, we can take very personally because it's subjective. Um, but these are it's programmed, conditioned experience. If you're living in the workaday world, then your experience is very strongly conditioned by that. If you've been doing that for 25 years or so, then even if you're not working, you're basically you're still been strongly conditioned into that mode. And often the situation can be that you sort of transfer that to spiritual practice, like, oh, I've got to get up at this time, I've got to do so many hours, um, you, know, you know, six hours, seven hours, eight hours a day to get it done, get the results and get on with it, and, you know, steady progress and tick the boxes and do the hour of walking, the hour of sitting, the hour of metta, the, you know, all this, so you line up something very much like a job with strong structure to it. And some people seem to work okay with that, or work okay with it. Um, but um, when you're struggling, um, then the signs are this is not the way. And in fact, it, uh, I would recommend something that's a lot more uh, natural. Um, and natural means you have to enter your own embodied system that's, that's the piece of nature that you have. We I mean, don't have a tree or a forest or you've got a body. That's, that's, that's the last piece of, that's the last wildlife reserve we have left in cities. <laughs> we killed everything else. We've got this. Uh, and uh, it's a different thing. You know. It doesn't, doesn't operate according to clock time. It doesn't suddenly snap into action at this hour. It wakes up and it takes time to get it going, uh, to get the energy there. And um, it, uh, if you're operating according to the body, there's you have to operate according to body energy. You know, body energy does not switch on and off like an electric light, or a computer, or some, or a car. You know, it rises and it discharges you know you're rising means you rouse up rise up to your activity yeah if it's just standing up there's that gathering of energy to a stand and you've accomplished it and then oh that's finished rest now for that and the next thing pick that up and we have a system called breathing in and out which is exactly the moderator of that that energy. Breathing out, breathing in, rises, arouses, brightens. Breathing out, discharges, empties, 
relaxes. And there's a pause between the two, which is just open. Now in worldly life, there's no pause. Pauses are not profitable. You fill it up. So we don't. We just go from one thing to the next. Discharge happens maybe. Uh, tea break, coffee break, end of the day. So you have your ten minute discharge, or half an hour. What it is? You have your lunch, and then end of the day. Now that that's like holding your breath for eight hours, <laughs> inhaling for eight hours, and then finally after eight hours you can breathe out. Yeah. No, actually, the process of discharge doesn't happen at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock or 5 o'clock. It happens as you've come to a process where you've you've activated, you've energised, and then naturally, as you move through handling something, there has to be a... That's that, finished. Breathe out, discharge. And you want to, that's the operation. That's the way it works. Now, because we've often overridden that, rather than go to discharge, which is just an emptying, could be 30 seconds, could be less, yes. It could be one out breath. Okay, next. One out breath. It's not that much time being wasted, but... When you're hooked, when you're linked up to an abstract automatic system, it doesn't even acknowledge an outbreath. That doesn't exist. There's only onwards to the next thing. There isn't that softening, loosening experience. That's there's the moving from this to that to this to that. So even lunch break can be also a time when we do our emails or have a conversation. So we're still activating. Or we watch a movie. That's still more activity. It's not a discharge. Discharge is empty. Uh, and uh, that's that's an important thing to do. Mm. Now, when you've been... That's a discipline to learn to discharge. Uh, to learn to stop and release and breathe out and go loose doesn't mean this is an ultimate thing you want to but it's part of the phase and when we are going into a time of retreat or if you want to know about your spiritual practice one thing you have to learn and bear in mind is you have to discharge and because you probably haven't thought of that you probably thought of i should do chanting i should do sitting i should do an hour of this, I should do an hour of that. Uh, I've got to keep the eight precepts. Yeah, that's good. But also, you should also learn to do nothing. Uh, uh, Not just in a vague way, but a deliberate releasing. So you're using out-breath. And for many people, I would suggest that may be something that you should begin with. to reset from the constant ongoing. Mm. First of all, even even 
an hour of meditation, the first thing you come in, you sit and you loosen up. Loosen up your shoulders, loosen your body, loosen your jaw, loosen your around your eyes, breathe out. Yeah, feel dozy, sleepy, okay, just then use your body, not your mind. Mind needs to rest. Use your body, so use your spine, use your eyes. You know, open your eyes, use your spine to when you when you release you feel disoriented, so use your body, use your eyes and and even think. Simple word. Buddha. Buddha. Connect that to your breath. So you're using a support which is very simple and is non-progressive. That is, it's not, and then this and then that and then this and then that. No, it just always takes you back to the same point. So, whereas worldly life and the worldly structure is I do an hour of this, I do half an hour of that, and then do five days, I've got the third day and the fourth day, we're looking forward in time. Spiritual practice, we don't go forward. We deepen. Forward happens by itself. You know, conventional time rolls on. Days move on, hours move on, but that's that's conventional time. That's the earth does that, turning around the sun. We don't have to do it. <laughs> the earth does it. So our practice is not to go forward, uh, but just to, to deepen into presence. So you're looking at that rather than, oh, you've got another five days to go, or you've got to get through an hour of sitting meditation, otherwise you feel guilty, and you're failing, you're not good enough. No. Deepen into what's here, even if it's not particularly pleasant, being lethargic, being depleted, what's the point? I don't think I can do this. Okay, yes. Somewhere in all this, there is a given which you don't have to work for. Sense of presence, awareness. These are the terms that are used. It's when we stop complaining, um, stop plan- stop creating what we should or shouldn't be, stop complaining about ourselves, mm. or at least acknowledge the complaining and the stressing. Stability is the place of acknowledging, because we can do that. You can't feel happy all the time, but you can acknowledge not feeling happy. You don't feel great all the time, but you can acknowledge not feeling great. Yeah, it's pretty unconditioned. And then that that's that's stable. Yeah. It's the place in the mind that's stable. Right? We call that the ground. It's the place in the heart that's stable. It doesn't ask for anything. 
And so rather than going forward or creating a structural routine, which by all means you can do, just loosen the expectations, the obligations, the ideas, the spiritual goals, loosen that and come into acknowledgement. And discharging the activities of the mind. You find in that things begin to replenish. The mind begins to replenish because you're not straining it, you're not pushing it. Uh, now, You've got to bear in mind that the reason why we can awaken or get enlightened, however you like to phrase it, is not because of our personalities or our, you know, our, what we've learned up in our heads, but because citta awareness has its intelligence. And uh, so often the problem is because we've learnt ideas about spirituality and meditation and the unconditioned and the conditioned and Dhamma and so forth, we've learnt all these things, that we have this head knowledge of it. And we learn about concentration and mindfulness and how much mindfulness you need and levels of concentration and whether you need any concentration. We learn all this stuff in our heads. Uh, and then you sort of start to impose it on the chitta, on awareness, you know. Feeling if I don't direct this, if I don't keep it going, it's not going to work. You know? If I don't keep it going, if I don't keep instructing myself and pushing myself forward, it's all going to fail or fall apart. Yeah. So <laughs> we've created a, a, a person... Uh, uh, that one's not gonna. That's there's another intelligence here. You know that we need to. You only enter through the place of uh, presence, acknowledgement. Mm. Acknowledgement of the person with her or his stories and difficulties and hopes and plans and there she is her again mm -hmm. and there's an intelligence there and it's not a Conceptual intelligence is that means that I've discovered that I am a, a nervous, oversensitive, stressed out person. Therefore, if I'm a nervous, overstressed out person, I should do something else. I should maybe I can't practice meditation anyway. You know, it's a bit too much for me because I'm a nervous, stressed out person. I need to find a way to stop being a nervous, stressed out person. How do I do that? That's conceptual intelligence. You get very busy and eventually you get 
you know, the amount of stress you create trying to be an unstressed person. <laughs> but you know, direct intelligence, which is intelligence in the body, intelligence in the heart, it doesn't have, this means that, therefore do that. It just immediately senses, and it just like water, you drop a stone on it, it doesn't decide to ripple, it just does. It doesn't have to, oh, that means I should, you know, that's a stone. It just does it. And jitters like that, awareness is like that. When you really get to the point of the, of the recognition, you're recognizing suffering and stress, jitter goes, oh... Oh. Releases. Mm. You put, you know, put your hand in hot water, the body goes, oh, pulls out. Immediately. That's, that's nature. Now, if you have your idea of doing your retreat, it's likely you'll have all kinds of ideas what you should do, and and probably that's um, creating more stress. So something you want to do it, but something you doesn't want to do it. So you first of all want to loosen up, take your time, come into presence. And don't plan the day. Don't create a time system. Just start acknowledging coming into how you are now with a sense of well we'll take it from here you know touch into the suffering in the present acknowledge that if you touch into that acknowledge that recognize that recognize the suffering one creates and also, even the, the escapism is suffering. It's trying to escape from suffering in this, well, I'll watch something else or I'll go somewhere else. Or, you know, that is also stressful because it's just not emptying. It's not discharging anything. It's just putting a layer on top. So we need a sense of just, it's okay to feel bad. Because with recognition, recognition doesn't mind whether you feel bad or feel good. Yeah. And there's a certain stability and coolness there. And believe it or not, and experiencing it is believing is, once you recognize, you think, oh, I feel bad. Oh, it's that. Okay, let's just take a few breaths. And the response, what is needed? Maybe trusting the chitta. Maybe what's needed is just to move a little bit. Move around. Take a breath. Yeah. Straighten your position. Go for a walk. Yeah. A few minutes or so. So you really... 
coming in with that sense of acknowledgement and response. And things change. Because once you're getting into, really touching into that non-conceptual heart intelligence, there's something so authentic about that. That itself, the presence of that high intelligence is is, in, is this is authentic. This is not me trying to be spiritual. This is not some another thing to do. This is an authentic living intelligence, and something that really uh, you realise it's telling you the truth, and you can trust it because it's got no goal, no agenda, no you should be. No, you shouldn't be. It doesn't do that. It's right there to give you presence and it will respond to the suffering, the stress. If you just do keep admitting it, not like where, where you, how you feel it. And when you feel the absence of it. And it's in, then it's furthering. This Dhamma is called Opanayiko which means it leads, it's, it's relevant. Sanditiko, directly experienced. Akaliko, it's not about making things happen in time, it's about presence. Ehipasiko, it says, come and have a look, investigate, come into this. Not you've got to, but what's happening? And then Opanayiko, it leads, it's pertinent, you get a sense of something lifts in your heart. Now you're telling the truth. Now the truth is being told. Truth has a power to it, which is not the same as willpower, not the same as driving. Truth has a power to it. When you speak the truth, when you know, when you sense the truth, it's got a power to stop wavering and explaining and excusing and constructing these these kind of because it does no good. And you get a sense of encouragement with that. And that's the inner quality that you then see you create structures in your day that will support that inner quality because that's the inner process is the vital thing. It's not about doing an hour of this, an hour of that, an hour of this, an hour of that, so that you can feel you've ticked the boxes and got done, got to the end of the work project. It's about creating structures that support coming to presence, inquiry, acknowledgement of suffering, acknowledgement of the absence of suffering, care, respect, uh, so that one's energies are being nourished by discharging, releasing, so you're beginning to refresh by not planning and creating goals you're refreshing your energy your energy begins to pick up and there's a sense of interest 
you're able to desire without craving. Desire without craving. Desire means something's important. There's a purpose purpose here. I have purpose. I have potential. That's present. I'm eager. I'm awake. I'm alert for this. Motivation. Chanda. I'm interested. Craving different thing altogether. I want, I want, I want to have, I want to get, feed me. It sucks in motivation so I want to do. I want to be present. Not I want to have, but I want to be. And then you're coming into a sense of purpose. And first, these two, Chanda and Tanha, often so confused motivation because our motivation does get captured by these systems that we're involved with. So eventually, you're doing things because you signed up for it, you, it's your job, whether you want it or not. You know, so you're not really motivated from a deep, personal place but he's got to do it so you don't know or you lose touch with true motivation which is not about you know wanting something to be something to happen but enthusiasm in being present and this lights up the spiritual fire This warms the heart. And then, you know, you're beginning to gain autonomy, purpose, meaning. And then now now you're actually in a state where you can begin to create structure, if you wish. Like, okay, let's just do an hour of really focusing on this. Just as a practice, just like doing an exercise. Let's spend today contemplating this uh, and then you begin to think look why do I why do I talk about days you know I could you don't have to operate according to clocks operate according to it's time you've had enough sleep get up <laughs> it's over <laughs> you don't maybe don't feel so good but get up Take a fresh fresh night. It could be two in the morning, it could be six in the morning, it could be seven in the morning. It's over. Get up. Do what you need to do. You know, check in with yourself. Get yourself established. First meditation of the day is coming into presence, clearing away the sleep, clearing away the stiffness, stagnation. Chant. Energize. You know. Put energy in, in a simple way, chanting, puja, make offerings. So it's something a little bit, some activity that's motivated, but not tanha, not craving. It's just activate, deliberately activated in a gentle way. That Yes, Buddha is meaningful. I want to praise and honour that. Now you're really 
bringing energy in and start to establish that that's your first practice of the day um, and then it's you know once you've begun to warm and awaken the system then we can begin to apply this inquiry which is not intellectual inquiry but where is there stability or samatha practice where does the mind made stable soothed mollified may feel healthy comfortable anything that does that breathing in and out practicing metta anything that makes the mind textures of the mind feel more comfortable many people that's going to be a, a topic because the mind is ragged and rough and depleted what nourishes that walking standing sitting breathing aware of the space the elements so that which gives that and then as we, the mind feels healthier then we're able to explore qualities investigate for wisdom and then this is really um you know you might even call it you, it's a retreat but um call it time or an occasion for replenishment for recognition for discerning true purpose and use the structures and the systems of meditation to support that systems and structures of meditation are not the end they are a support for something much more intimate and deeply felt and so you can use those to suit what's your heart your condition and so but we have to first of all come into that with their authenticity and a sense of openness to that recognize it respond to it then, you know, then this intelligence will lead us. Once you've begun to ask jitta, it will tell you. Once you begin to do the recognition, it will tell you and it will respond. That's its nature. It is bound for awakening and it's the uh, letting that rather than the person lead the practice. That's the shift. So if you have an occasion, uh, wonderful, five, six days, great. Uh, We have an hour, great. (laughs) Uh, Use the, because in a way that it's the same thing uh, uh, that we're doing, cultivating. Mm. That's what gives it its universal potential Mm. so a pause there for this session let's take a moment or two another couple of minutes just to see what's left any particular words or themes that be meaningful movements to make time linger
and see what the citta has there for you. So I'm left with a feeling of uh, of warm-heartedness towards you all, and uh, um, I think that's the, the natural result of spending time together in Dhamma. Yeah. yeah. So stay stay tuned in to the stream, and uh, hopefully we will convene again in in our virtual time in next week. Be well.